Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. And for Jim Smalley today, I'm Josh Sigurdsson. Welcome to a greatly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today starts following the 12 noon news package. It's designed to provide you with the latest farm market news and information Monday through Friday. Today, APAS weighs in on the Unifor's decision to disrupt fuel supplies to farmers. We'll look at how COVID-19 is affecting Canadian bison prices and look at the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association beef drive. The farm weather remains in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Back in a moment. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle today, call them today at 424-2967. In an open letter to farmers issued Thursday, Unifor 594 said that they will be disrupting farmers' fuel supplies during seeding to try and end the months-long dispute. President of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan, Todd Lewis, says he is disappointed with Unifor's decision. Farmers don't want to be dragged into the middle of a labor dispute, and uh, we certainly don't want to see the labor dispute uh, end up inserting itself into the middle of spring seeding. And uh, with this letter, it seems to uh, signal that, you know, they want to, uh, you know, disrupt farming and disrupt spring seeding. So we're disappointed and uh, sure hoping that uh, cooler heads prevail. Lewis adds that any delays during seeding could result in a delay in harvest, and after last year's tough harvest, many farmers are still trying to recover financially. Lewis says that farmers aren't taking sides in the dispute, adding that there isn't any reason to target farmers during seeding. There's no uh, prime or reason to where they think uh, they're going to uh, have benefit from uh, from disrupting uh, seeding operations. Farmers will be will be dis- deeply disappointed and frustrated if uh, they have to uh, have delays to uh, get their fuel at this important time of year. Many producers in Saskatchewan rely on the local co-op card lock for their fuel, and Lewis says that if those are blocked, it could delay seeding by hours. The card lock system has worked so well for farmers in the past and will continue to, and and uh, it's not a matter of convenience. You would have to, uh, even to go to another co-op card lock would be, you know, hours of uh, lost time, and uh, farmers don't have time this time of year to uh, be messing around trying to find a source of fuel uh, Lewis says that APAS is not asking for government intervention in the situation, rather hoping that co-op backtracks on their decision. It's not incumbent upon any, you know, we're not asking anybody to uh, step in or step out, just uh, leave the card locks alone and and, uh, and let farmers go about their business. In Unifor's letter, they say they don't want to delay farmers, but they feel they have no other choice. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association beef drive for the food banks of Saskatchewan got a boost this week. The Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association kicked in $10,000 to the cause. Stock Growers Association General Manager Chad McPherson tells us how it all got started. Uh, for the last four years, the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association has been holding an annual beef drive to uh, donate ground beef to the food, 32 food banks across Saskatchewan. Um, earlier today, we uh, announced a donation of $10,000 from the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association to help out uh, during the COVID uh, pandemic. 
He tells us how the program works. Uh, the way the program works is the uh, cattle producers donate animals and they receive a charitable tax receipt for the amount of beef that the animal produces times the current fair market value. And uh, we use the cash donations to cover the processing costs so that we're able to donate uh, ground beef to the food banks at, at no cost to them at all. McPherson says it's been a very successful program. Uh, for the last We've been doing this for four years. Uh, the past four years, we've donated nearly 30,000 pounds of ground beef with a fair market value of approximately $150,000. Um, so it's it's been a long-running program and very successful. Um, just uh, with uh, the current COVID pandemic, there's been additional um, demand put on the food banks, and ground beef is something that uh, is generally hard for them to to source due to its perishable nature and the, the value of it. So um, it's an opportunity for beef, produ- for beef producers to be able to help uh, the food banks out during their time of need. He says he's very thankful for the support from the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. The two organizations have partnered up to, we greatly appreciate the financial support of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's to, to enable us to be able to donate several thousand additional pounds of ground beef to the food banks of Saskatchewan. And McPherson says it's not too late to participate. If any, any producers that are interested in donating animals, they can contact the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Office at 306-757-8523. Chad McPherson is the general manager of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. Hey. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Many of the challenges being experienced by cattle and hog producers are also taking place on farms that raise bison. COVID-19 has closed the important fine dining establishments, which were important bison meat buyers. There's been a small shift to retail and direct consumer sales, but has not been enough to offset significant losses in other areas. Les Kruger is a bison producer at Hanley, at Hanley and he's the chair of the Canadian Bison Association. The bison industry in, in Canada, a lot of producers rely on that trade to the U.S. So the U.S. borders have stayed open to the slaughter animals going south. That's a good thing. As the backlog continues both in the U.S. and Canada, it, it's putting pressure on everybody. We've seen slaughter prices drop, you know, in excess of 20%. They've gone from $5 rail price down to three fifty. dollars uh, recently. The slaughter capacity or the slaughter in Canada, our recent numbers, our most recent numbers have shown the slaughter numbers have dropped by over 80% from uh, April 4th till May 2nd. You know, that's a, a, a huge hit on producers here. Kruger says that most of the bison goes to the restaurant trade and the European market. One of the biggest things that happened to us there is not only did the restaurants close, the Swiss market was very big for bison and they closed their borders off to everything coming in and on top of that then freight rates have have increased by up to fourfold. So that's uh, another big hurdle that you know we just can't overcome when you start paying those kind of freight rates. Kruger says U.S. plants continue to buy bison. Their demand was staying relatively good, but recently, you know, their prices have dropped too. As these backlogs continue everywhere, the whole bison industry, you know, the the specialty markets, uh, a lot of those marketplaces closed. The whole restaurant industry in North America has basically come to a standstill. So, So now we're seeing this backlog just push back farther and farther. Kruger explains the impact on producers. We've got these finished animals ready to go to market, 
they don't have a home to go to, so they, they stand on the farms. They continue to, you know, they need to be fed. There's input costs still going into the animals daily, and the value decreases in time, you know, so they become overweight, they become too old, they can't grade number one anymore, so, you know, the, the quality keeps going down, and the pushback goes right back to the producer. So the producer can't even market the animals right now. When they are able to, they're going to have to be doing it at a, a much reduced cost. He adds that some producers are trying to market directly to consumers. Yeah, so farm direct marketing has always been an important part of the bison industry. Small, but very important. We are seeing that growing. Between Saskatchewan and Alberta, we raise the, the largest percentage of the animals. Uh, we're all competing with each other for a share in that market space. And now the beef producers and, and pork producers, to a certain extent, are doing the same thing. So we're all competing for uh, some of that market space. So yes, the farm direct marketing is important, but it's a small part of the bison industry. Kruger says bison producers have no price insurance program. And he says producers are looking at the possibility of using federal programs to supply bison to food banks. And sometimes bison just kind of falls under the radar. Uh, so we need to make sure that we're in front of everybody, making sure that bison is included. You know, we're a part of the livestock industry in Canada, so we just have to be sure that we're included in all of that. He adds that producers are concerned about markets. I think everybody, you know, in agriculture is kind of treading water. There's a lot of apprehension, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. Nobody knows for sure. I think as we see things starting to open up and, you know, hopefully the government can make these uh, changes and, and start opening up, I think the European trade will start to resume shortly, I hope, as well as, you know, some of the restaurant industry as we make the shift and start to put our focus on the retail markets, um, it will be a benefit. But it takes time to develop all of these. Les Kruger from Hanley is the chair of the Canadian Bison Association. Rail grade bids for bison have fallen 20% in the past couple months, while domestic slaughter has gone down 80% over the four weeks. Um. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your Real Agriculture Update brought to you by the Mind Your Farm Business podcast. Stay on top of farm management issues year-round at mindyourfarmbusiness.com. This is Sean Haney of realagriculture.com. On Thursday, the Government of Canada made an announcement that there's going to be a $100 million fund called the Agriculture and Food Business Solutions Fund. It's going to be backstopped by FCC and will be managed by Forage Capital, a venture capital firm out of Calgary, Alberta. I had a chance to talk to the Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food, Marie Clababo, about the objective of this fund. Actually, the idea was already in our mind before the COVID crisis. Uh, we wanted to support uh, well-established companies who have a proven track record, but who are facing major business disruption. And uh, obviously, uh, COVID is, is one. And the idea behind that is to give them a, another type of support, uh, offering a more flexible loan with the, being willing to take higher risk. In, um, in the form of convertible debt investment. So it means that the company, if they cannot pay back, they can pay back with a piece of equity. 
So it's a, it's an additional tool for businesses, and it's not only uh, for primary production. It could be for agri-tech, manufacturing, packaging, or distribution, for example. Yeah, and there's a maximum of ten million dollars per applicant. Uh, one of the I, I got to ask you about the criteria here. It said proven viable companies going through unexpected business disruptions, as you mentioned. Uh, proven and viable. Th- those words. What what do they mean in the context of this fund? It means that if they were not facing uh, some kind of unexpected disruption, they would still be running very well. Um, so this this is the idea is to help them um, just bridge, be able to go across a crisis and get back on their feet uh, afterwards. Now. My assumption is is that this is you know this, this is a going concern. These are businesses that are already operating. This the idea here is not to uh, fund a startup in ag tech or primary production. It, it it's basically the company has to be in existence already, operating, but is obviously having its struggles due to COVID or some other big business dis- disruption. Yes, you're right, and we have to remember that this fund is going through um, Farm Credit Canada. And through um, a specific uh, financial partner, which is Forge Capital, or you know, in this business of uh, they are experienced uh, in this type of uh, convertible debt investment. So when you go to uh, finance uh, Farm Credit Canada, they have different type of tools to offer to businesses, and they have uh, programs to support startups. Now you mentioned the the idea for the program was actually pre-COVID, where did the idea for this sort of fund come from? Um, well, you know, sometimes we have businesses who are running well and they, for example, they would lose a key supplier. Um, they would uh, have a temporary loss of a facility or a permanent loss of, of a critical staff or, or change in leadership. And, and they would just, you know, be uh, destabilized for a while, but, Still would have the tools to be back on their feet, and this is an additional tool in um, in uh, Farm Credit Canada toolkit, if I may say, yeah. um, to support them. So it's not necessarily uh, don't see that as a as a, an emergency response to the COVID crisis. It's yeah. not really that, but it's still significant, and it still uh, can uh, it can be very helpful for that type of businesses. Uh, in the agricultural sector facing the COVID crisis. Now, you mentioned some of the solutions that are possible or the intent here, uh, convertible debt investments and other flexible financing options. So there, if, 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 that, if that debt was converted into equity, who, who holds the equity? Does Farm Credit Canada now have equity in, in that business or how does that work? Well, it would be forage capital. And the idea is it could be temporary. They could hold equity for a while and they would then, you know, get involved in the management of the business for a while. But the intention would be to get the business back, uh, you know, rolling well and then being reimbursed. So their intention is not to stay there forever. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. 
It's your Agra weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Get ready for seeding with New Holland equipment from Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast today, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 17, clearing overnight with a low of plus 2. Tomorrow, mainly sunny, high of 23, and a low of plus 8. Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud, windy, and a high of 24, with a low of 11. Monday, sunny, and a high of 25, low 14. Tuesday, sunny, high of 25, and a low of 10. Wednesday, cloudy, and a high of 20, and a low of 9. Thursday, cloudy, with a 60% chance of showers, and a high of 15. The normals for this time of year, the high is usually 19, and the low is around 4. The sun rose at 510 this morning, and will set at 839 tonight. Around the province, in Prince Albert, it's 8 Saskatoon, it's 9. Swift Current, it's 10. Weyburn, it's 15. And New Yorkton, it's also 9. And right now in Moose Jaw, it is 12 degrees. And in Regina, it's mostly cloudy and 12. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal's Auctioneers at mcdougalauctions.com. And Sask Municipal Hail Insurance, SMHI Crop Hail Insurance at cost, online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable, SMHI isn't. SMHI.ca. The latest issue of Canola Watch is about club root control in farm fields. Jay Wetter outlines the proper equipment sanitation to prevent the spread of club root in the field. My guest is Mike Harding, plant pathology research scientist with Alberta Agriculture and Forestry. Mike starts with an analogy. The only way that we can prevent the spread of club root is to prevent the spread of club root contaminated soil. And it's not really a very fun or exciting thing to do. For some people, physical exercise Uh, We know we should do it to stay healthy, but if we don't have a plan and set specific goals, then when we're just making the decision in the moment, we often decide not to do it because it's not our favorite thing to do. And sanitization for clubroot, I think, falls into this category. Mike recommends that you make a plan for clubroot sanitation and then stick with it. So then when you're pulling out of the field, you know that you're going to get out of the machine and try to do something to re- to reduce the level of club root spread. Club root sanitation has three levels. A level one cleaning removes all large visible chunks of soil from the equipment with the help of tools such as a hand scraper or wire brush. Level two cleaning removes all remaining soil using high pressure water or air. Level three cleaning uses disinfectant. So what disinfectant should you use? Mike has done the research and found a solution of around 2% sodium hypochlorite bleach was the most effective product. Now, the reason that the bleach probably falls into the first choice is that, number one, it's really easy to get a hold of. It works really well at low concentrations, and it's not that expensive. And so for those reasons, it really kind of lines up to be the most effective and cost-effective. However, it's quite corrosive. And so there's certainly places and things that we wouldn't want to apply bleach to. The bleach can be really hard, especially on steel and sensitive electronics or control systems and rubber. 
luckily, we found a couple of alternatives to bleach, and the first is a product called Spray 9, and this is the disinfectant you can buy at hardware stores and other places around, and it's just a ready-to-use product. You don't have to dilute it, and you can just spray it on, and it's probably as effective as sodium hypochlorite bleach. And then we found some chlorinated degreasers that we tested that were also effective when we used them at around 10% of the concentrate. One was called Adhere NC, and the other was called Premise Degreaser. They're just industrial degreasers, but they're chlorinated, and that chlorine, which is kind of the same sort of thing as host sodium hypochlorite bleach, is also effective. Mike explains the situation when you might want to use all three levels of cleaning and when the first step or the first level is enough. If you're living in an area where clubroot isn't common and you're bringing a piece of equipment or you're having something delivered or there's traffic coming from an area where clubroot is common, those are the types of situations where you're at a high risk. And if you're clubroot free, that level three cleaning can keep you that way. Another example that you may want to do is if you're renting a piece of land that has club root, but the rest of your fields are club root free, you may want to, f- to do that field either first or last and then do a level three cleaning on it before you move to your next fields. But otherwise, if you're living with and dealing with club root as a management issue and you're using crop rotation and resistant genetics and, and crop scouting, et cetera, probably, you know, all you need to do is just kick some dirt off to just avoid the spread of the large clumps. And similarly, if you're farming in an area where clubbert hasn't been reported yet, just that quick level one kicking some dirt off can go a long way to prevent it from building up or establishing, but you don't need a level three cleaning in those situations. For more on clubroot management, go to clubroot.ca. For more canola agronomy tips, visit canolawatch.org. Canola Watch is a research-based agronomy service from the Canola Council of Canada in cooperation with the Provincial Canola Grower Associations, SAS Canola, Alberta Canola, and Manitoba Canola Growers. Thanks for listening. I'm Jay Wetter. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. In recent weeks, the oil seeds manager at the Green Commission Research Lab in Winnipeg, Veronique Barthat, wants farmers to send in samples for the research project. She says farmers will receive information to help them market the crop. Well, we're looking for it because a couple of years ago, uh, there was also an issue with um, late harvest, uh, snow in October, and so a lot of spring harvest. And then uh, we were looking at the quality of the crop, and we would like to keep um, assessing the quality of the crop because every year it's different. We want to kind of have a better idea what's happening. So it's for oil seeds, though, and to determine the quality and use of the crop? Yes, it's for oil seed, uh, canola, and uh, flax. We decided canola and flax because uh, we heard that there was, we know that there is a lot of canola that was not harvested and some flax also that was not harvested. So we were looking at if we can look at the quality of the seed, because the quality of the seed gives, gives a good idea about the quality of the end product. How can farmers benefit by sending these samples into you? So what it can benefit, we, we, well, they, they will get the same kind of information that they usually have when they send us the sample for the harvest survey, uh, which is the, the grade, the oil content, the protein, and the chlorophyll content. 
plus the grade. Even if it's not official, it's, even if it's not official because it's not an official sample, it, it's usually good information for the producer. And um, we're doing also a specific analysis. And one important parameter uh, for uh, spring harvest is uh, free fatty acid. It's a compound that we call free fatty acid, which are coming from the degradation of the oil. And so we're looking at it and we're doing analysis for it. So when also a, a parameter that we're going to provide back to the producer, so like that they give them a good idea of so at the same time of the sample and what they can do with it. Dr. Veronique Barthé is the oil seeds manager at the Grain Commission Research Lab in Winnipeg. On the market updates with Jim Smalley on the Source 620 CKRM. The market update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Viterra's prices for oats rose one cent at two forty two forty five. Number one red spring wheat went down sixty two cents at two twenty two forty three. The west the rest were unchanged at dirt with Durham at two sixty six thirty nine. Feed barley one eighty eight seventy one. Flax six hundred twenty nine dollars and seventy nine cents. Lentils six thirty eight fifty. Yellow peas two eighty five eighty nine. And feed wheat one hundred eighty two dollars and seventy cents. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia at 642-4180 or Weyburn at 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holding in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Now the latest. Now the latest livestock quotes. This is Graham Barnett with the Market Report. Hardline livestock here in Musha. Three hundred and fifty on offer here this week. Regular sale of cows, bulls, and yearlings are Tuesdays from now on for the summer months. This cow market it looked like it was a little stronger this week. Good cows, sixty-eight to eighty. Sales right up to eighty-four, eighty-five on them real top kind of cows. We had a set of cows just south of Avonlea. There's some top end Charlie sitting there. That's the Millers. They had a cows in here this week. Eleven of them. Six seventy-seven, bring eighty-three seventy-five. The good bulls are a dollar fifteen to a dollar for twenty-five. Bob Turner, he's from Lockwood Country, a little south of Lanigan, had a big twenty-four hundred and sixty-five pound bull in. He brings a dollar forty and a quarter. And the Marins from down there in the Radville Country had forty-eight six hundred and ninety-five pound red and black heifers at a dollar seventy-two seventy-five. Just another reminder: sales are Tuesdays only now for the summer months. For more market information and give Heartland Moose Jaw a call at 692-2385. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have a great afternoon. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is the Hams Market Commentary for Friday, May 15th. Hams sold 6,500 hogs Thursday, selling in a range of 182 to 215 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 4,000 head, selling in a range of 180 to 213 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, May 16th are Oli West, 179, Maple Leaf, 179.73, 177.73, Thunder Creek Burko, 168.72, High Life, 178.25, and High Life adjusted to $10.72 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in a range of 21 to 27 cents per pound live weight. 
Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and forward contract prices opened lower this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar is down 9 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.4090. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 70.93 cents U.S. Negotiated base prices continue to see pressure as buyers do not have to aggressively bid due to the abundance of live animals, especially due to the ongoing backup of hawks created by the COVID-19 packing plant bottlenecks. Formula regions remain volatile and sensitive to changes, in part coming from the cutout and other formula components in the equations. For example, while the net value of the carcass remains comparatively high and coming in at values last seen in 2014, the belly component of the carcass has seen significant volatility. Bellies were as high as 219 per hundredweight US earlier this week, following a weekly low of $35 per hundredweight five weeks ago. Yesterday's export sales report saw some relatively disappointing developments in net sales and physical delivery areas. New net sales dropped 77% to 10,800 metric tons, while which in line with the averages was still 19% lower than the pace normally seen in this marketing week. And coming up after the break, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. And now, the Resource Report. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is extending the federal wage subsidy for employees and businesses battered by the COVID-19 pandemic for at least another three months. Trudeau says the idea is to give employers more confidence to resume operations slowly if they have to. The subsidy will now run through at least the end of August instead of expiring in the first week of June. It covers 75% of wages for employers that have seen sharp declines in revenue since the pandemic hit Canada hard in March, up to $847 a week per worker. And the Canadian Real Estate Association says national home sales dropped to their lowest level last month in 36 years. The association says home sales in April were down 57.6% from a year earlier and down 56.8% from March. New listings also declined by 55.7% from the previous month, while the composite benchmark price was down 0.6%. That's the first month-over-month decline since last May, but the benchmark price was still up 6.4% from a year ago. And on the markets, Canada's main stock index moved higher in mid-morning trading after dipping into the red at the open. While U.S. markets were down as retail and industrial numbers for April showed the effects of the COVID-19 outbreak. The S&P TSX Composite Index was up 53 points at 14,562 as gains in energy and material stocks offset losses in finance and industrials. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 221 points at 23,403. The S&P 500 Index was down 27 points at 2,825, while the Nasdaq Composite was down 77 points at 8,866. The Canadian dollar traded for 70.99 cents US compared with an average of 70.97 cents on Thursday. The July crude contract was up 68 cents at $28.56 US per barrel. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 145 this afternoon and an agri-news report at 345. Tuesday morning, there's another agri-news report at 645. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. For Jim Smalley, I'm Josh Sigurdsson.